You can save every day by shopping at Whole Foods Market. Seriously, don't just go for the big sales. Walk the store and see the savings for yourself. In the seafood department, look for the yellow low price sign on Whole Foods Market Responsibly Farm Salmon. This fish is perfect for the grill. Buttery, fatty, yet lean, nice thick fillets. I'm getting hungry just thinking about it, and I know I can get it at a great price. There's so many ways to save at Whole Foods Market. Now you know. We all know Kit Kat bars taste delicious, but what about how they sound? It's not just a catchy jingle. It's the satisfying crack of breaking off a piece of Kit Kat, followed by a crisp crunch. Oh, we forgot one other sound that accompanies Kit Kat bars, too. It's... Or maybe it's more like... All together, Kit Kat bars are music to our ears and yummy flavors to our mouths. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about the difference between hoofs and hooves, and a meaty middle about phrases that include colors like tickled pink and yellow journalism. Here's a question for you. When you hear reindeer clattering on your roof, are you hearing their hoofs, H-O-O-F-S, or their hooves, H-O-O-V-E-S? Nouns that take an S or E-S to become plural are called regular nouns. And nouns that become plural some other way are called irregular nouns. So hoofs is a regular plural, and hooves is an irregular plural. Usually, if a spelling changes, it's in the direction of the word becoming regular. For example, the plural of the word brother used to be irregular, brethren. But now it's usually regular, simply brothers. That's the common way language change happens. It goes from irregular to regular. Language gets simpler over time. But hoof is a rebel. It's a rare example of a word that's gone the other way, from being regular to being irregular. Hoofs used to be more common, but now hooves, the irregular V-E-S plural, H-O-O-V-E-S, hooves is winning. Scarf is the same way. Scarfs used to be more common, but now you're more likely to see the plural spelled scarves with that V-E-S spelling again. And these are both cases where the word currently has two acceptable plurals. It's weird, and I know people like it better when I can say one is right and the other is wrong, but in both cases, both spellings are correct. One is just more common than the other. And there's another English word that has two plurals like this, dwarf. You can use either dwarfs or dwarves, but unlike hooves and scarves, dwarfs is still typically formed by just adding an S, D-W-A-R-F-S. So we can't say there's something special about nouns that end in F having an irregular plural because we'd have dwarfs to prove us wrong. And here's a fun piece of trivia about dwarves. In the beginning of The Hobbit, the spelling of dwarves is one of two language points that J.R.R. Tolkien highlights. He wrote, quote, This is a story of long ago. At that time, the languages and letters were quite different from ours today. English is used to represent the languages, but two points may be noted. One, in English, the only correct plural of dwarf is dwarfs and the adjective is dwarfish. 
In this story, dwarves and dwarvish are used. Unquote. His second point is about the word orc. Tolkien further explains in Lord of the Rings Part 3, Return of the King, that he chose the dwarves' spelling to distance his dwarves of long ago from the sillier dwarfs of modern stories. The use of the dwarves' spelling has risen since Tolkien's time, but it hasn't overtaken dwarfs the way hooves and scarves overtook hoofs and scarfs. So when you're out looking for reindeer, wrap yourself in warm scarves and listen for the sound of clattering hooves. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help Dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. We all know Kit Kat bars taste delicious, but what about how they sound? It's not just a catchy jingle. It's the satisfying crack of breaking off a piece of Kit Kat, followed by a crisp crunch. Oh, we forgot one other sound that accompanies Kit Kat bars, too. It's... Or maybe it's more like... All together, Kit Kat bars are music to our ears and yummy flavors to our mouths. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com grammar today. And now on to color phrases. In a previous podcast, we explored a bunch of phrases that use the word blue. Now seven other hues get their due. First is the fiery color red, as in the phrase caught red-handed, which has a hyphen between red and handed. This means caught in the act of a crime, as in she was caught red-handed stealing $100. As you may suspect, the use of the color red in the phrase originates from the color of blood. The phrase originally referred to blood on a murderer's hands, but now extends to other crimes. The noun red-handed has appeared in print in Scottish legal proceedings since 1432, but red-handed was first printed in 1819 in Sir Walter Scott's novel Ivanhoe, which helped popularize the phrase. Second, we'll move from red to white, and the association of white with cowardice. If you say a man is white-livered or lily-livered, 
you're saying that he lacks courage or that he's pale and without vitality. It's easy to see why white is associated with being pale and unhealthy, but we need to dig a little deeper to discover what a pale liver has to do with being afraid. It all goes back to the ancient Greeks in Hippocrates, who proposed a theory called humorism. This theory, which was believed until the 1800s, held that the body had four humors, black bile, yellow bile, phlegm, and blood, and that those humors needed to be kept in balance. The humor that's relevant to the meaning of white-livered is yellow bile, supposedly made in the liver. Yellow bile, known as the choleric humor, is hot and dry, and it, quote, provokes, excites, and emboldens the passions, unquote. The phrase white-livered, therefore, stems from the thought that individuals without much yellow bile lacked a bold temperament and were therefore cowardly. Third on our list of colors is pink, and we're sticking with the medical theme. We hope you'll be tickled pink. The idiom tickled pink means delighted and first came into being in 1922. The phrase uses the color pink because your complexion becomes flushed and pinkish when you feel the tickling sensation. And that's great if you enjoy tickling, but parents may want to think twice when tickling their children or other people's kids, because laughing when being tickled is an automatic response, and the child may not actually enjoy the tickling. Color number four, yellow, moves us to a different kind of sensation, sensational journalism, also known as yellow journalism. This style of reporting, which was at its height in the late 19th century, favors sensationalism over facts. It all came about because of a rivalry between newspaper magnates Joseph Pulitzer, owner of the New York World, and William Randolph Hearst, owner of the Journal. The World published a popular cartoon that featured a character called the Yellow Kid, and this cartoon increased sales tremendously. The journal realized this and hired the artist away, causing a bidding war. Both papers also increased circulation by focusing their reporting on the Cuban struggle for independence, sometimes bending the truth. These days, our newspapers and internet news sites are filled with banner headlines, colorful comics, and an abundance of illustrations, and we can thank the yellow journalists of the late 1890s for developing these now-commonplace techniques. Fifth, we have the color rose. We use the words rose-colored and rosy to mean optimistic, as in the expressions looking through rose-colored glasses and things are looking rosy. If someone looks at the world through rose-colored glasses, she's perhaps being overly optimistic and in denial. The idea of an idyllic worldview being rosy dates from at least the 17th century, but Merriam-Webster.com dates the phrase rose-colored glasses to 1926. Theories about why it means optimistic abound, and we'll cover a couple. The first takes us to Victorian times and the thought that an artist could liven up a painting by adding extra roses to it. That sounds reasonable, as does the second theory, which holds that early map makers paid such close attention to detail that they needed to keep their spectacles clean with rose petals. An interesting factoid that came up during research is worth sharing, though it likely has nothing to do with the meaning of rose-colored or rosy. In the early 1900s, some farmers started to place rose-colored glasses on their chickens to reduce cannibalization. 
The thinking was that the glasses would keep the chickens from recognizing blood on other chickens, which apparently triggers the attack instinct. I wonder if these glasses work or if their use was overly optimistic. Our sixth color is green, and the phrase green with envy, which means jealous and dates from the mid-1800s. Shakespeare used other green-related phrases, indicating that the association between green and jealousy has been around much longer than 160 years. For example, you'll find the phrase green-eyed monster in Othello, the green sickness in Antony and Cleopatra, and green-eyed jealousy in The Merchant of Venice. In fact, it seems we can go back to the ancient Greeks and their humors to propose an origin for the phrase. Remember the bile we mentioned when discussing the phrase white-livered? It seems that the Greeks thought if you were sick, your body produced too much bile, making you look green. Seventh, and last on our list of colors, is black. Black humor or black comedy is a style of satire that highlights very serious issues through comedy. The phrase comes from the French l'amour noir and was coined by surrealist André Breton around 1940. This phrase debuted in English around 1965, and you'll also hear the terms dark humor and dark comedy to refer to this extreme kind of satire. Although the phrases are somewhat new to the language, the concept has been around for a few centuries. A famous example of black comedy is Jonathan Swift's A Modest Proposal, published in 1729. This short work, quote, modestly, suggests how the British should eat Irish babies. Of course, Swift, author of Gulliver's Travel, wasn't serious. His outlandish, even funny statements brought attention to the problem of Irish poverty. Here's a sample. He wrote, quote, I've been assured by a very knowing American of my acquaintance in London that a young, healthy child, well-nursed, is at a year old a most delicious, nourishing, and wholesome food, whether stewed, roasted, baked, or boiled, and I make no doubt that it will equally serve in a fricassee or a ragu, unquote. It's easy to see why the color black is used in this phrase because of the horror involved, both the fiction, eating babies, and the reality, starvation. That's all for now. We hope that our discussion of black humor at the end didn't turn you a little green. That segment was written by Bonnie Mills, who's the author of The Curious Case of the Misplaced Modifier and blogs at sentencesleuth.blogspot.com. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. You can find hundreds of other Grammar Girl articles at quickanddirtytips.com. That's all. Thanks for listening. We all know Kit Kat bars taste delicious, but what about how they sound? It's not just a catchy jingle. It's the satisfying crack of breaking off a piece of Kit Kat followed by a crisp crunch. Oh, we forgot one other sound that accompanies Kit Kat bars, too. It's... Or maybe it's more like... All together, Kit Kat bars are music to our ears and yummy flavors to our mouths. Have a break. Have a Kit Kat. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently 
at capella.edu.